Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. It begins with an R and it ends with resentment. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. You had coffee from room service? I hate you. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. You don't have to go to sleep, but you have to get out of my face. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I'm more of a workflowy person. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we're talking about when you're doing all the heavy lifting as a parent. Yeah. But before we start the heavy lift of that, Amy, let's go straight to mailbag. I want to point out that we don't always have a mailbag. My husband scolded me this morning because he was like, there was no mailbag in the last episode. We don't always have a mailbag. So just... You got to earn a mailbag. Just because you don't hear a mailbag doesn't mean we forgot mailbag. We have a bit. We forget mailbag. There's not always a mailbag. We got a good one. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there's not. Today there is. Mailbag. This week, I want to give a shout out to The Paper Dart on Instagram. This wasn't so much a mailbag. This was a sort of, uh, she added us on Instagram, and I love this so much, I'm making it the mailbag. She has a picture of, in the foreground, I'll put the link in the show notes, her beautiful baby on a changing pad, and in the background, a really nice looking desk, like a really Instagrammable writing place. And she says, a lot of people who I know and love, both on the internet and in real life, have been talking lately about women's spaces or the lack thereof. She's referring to our recent episode, A Room of One Zone. And it got me thinking about how through this entire pandemic, I was the only one in my family without a place that was just mine. And that includes my dogs. So this week, I'm celebrating this new desk because it's pretty, but also because it's a symbol of the space I am going to start allowing myself to take up and use for things that are wholly my own. I like it. Isn't that good? And same. I also have set up a new desk this week. After that episode, I decided I was going to stop working in the hot tub room, A, because (laughs) it has no windows. And I was like, and it has no heat. So I'm like under space heater nightmare. And also because people would like put wet towels on my recording equipment and it would make me crabby. Mm -hmm. And so I've set up a new, it is in my bedroom, which is not ideal, but I don't have a room of my own. And so until my kids go to college, like Amy's oldest, and she's moved into his bedroom, I'm going to have to just have a desk of mine own in my bedroom. Yep. I'm going to continue pushing for that. Yeah. But today we're talking, Amy, about heavy lifting. Michelle sent us this email. Can we talk about what parenting looks like when it feels like you're doing it almost single-handedly? We all know how ridiculous demanding a full-time job is nowadays. Statistics show that half the population work more than 45 hours a week. How do we parent when it feels like one of us is overwhelmed by all the parenting demands that should be shared by two while one's partner has to, not by choice, work instead of being a parent? This is a good question because I think we often come at it as like, you know, my spouse isn't doing enough. My spouse isn't pulling their weight. But this is one of those situations that if you're in a two-parent household, you'll fall into it sooner or later that your partner might have the best intentions, might be a loving and attentive parent, but right now you're in the soup and that parent is just not around, is just not available. Two episodes I want to point you two. Our fresh take with Whitney Hawthorne about being a working mom has a lot of interesting stuff about this. And then our episode, Dividing the Workload, which you can Google what fresh hell dividing the workload and it will take you there and we will link to it in the show notes. We talk a little bit about this. 
But we're taking a little bit of a different tack this week. And Amy, this hits very close to home, yes, as you know. Amy has been on the receiving end of my complaints. My husband has been in, I guess, suffice it to say, he has had to travel a tremendous amount. Like he has been across the country for six out of the last seven weeks. And this is a guy who usually works at home in your house and is at least kind of around all the time. Yes. In, he is usually available in the basement. And one of the aspects that has made it difficult is that it always seems like, okay, okay, it's all set now. Next week is going to be fine. And then, of course, next week on Monday, he has, I was telling Amy, he has a very specific kind of knock and body language where it's like, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. You're not going to want to hear this. <laughs> hey, can we talk for a minute? And I'm like, where are you going and when and for how long? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And it happened a lot over the summer when we were on vacation. So he was flying away from our vacations. It has been a huge drag. And so I was interested in diving into this topic this week. How are we doing this when our co-parent, who is awesome, is absent, basically? Yeah. And sometimes this is if your partner is deployed, this could be for a while, but it could be still a season. And sometimes it's, I mean, there were definitely a couple of years when my kids were little that my spouse was traveling all the time. And I was like the 98% parent because that was a sort of the bargain we had made and it wasn't going to be like this forever. But sometimes it's not going to be like this forever it does kind of go on a little longer than you maybe intended it to. Absolutely. And that's something that we need to discuss is this thing of like, one of the central problems of this is just really accepting the reality. And that has right. been such a pain point for my husband and I that he doesn't really want to admit that. I mean, my husband definitely suffers from the like, let's just go with the best case scenario. I'll never leave the house again. And then we end up putting out fires all the time because it does keep happening. And so we're kind of skipping the step where we make a plan. I found a site called sometimessoloparent.com. And I mm. like that phrase a lot because one of the pushbacks, rightfully, and I agree with this pushback, is people who refer to themselves as single parents when they actually have a spouse who travels a lot. So like, are you single parenting if your spouse is deployed, if your spouse is traveling a tremendous amount for work? A lot of people would push back and say, not really, because you're still getting some emotional support. You're still having a phone call. The child still has a parent. I understand that. So I like this phrase, sometimes solo parenting, because it gets at you're not a single parent, but you are a sometimes solo parent. Yeah. And that's different. And she wrote a letter called Dear Husband, who sometimes travels for work and talked about the many things that come up when your husband is absent a lot. And the number one thing, Amy, would you like to guess the number one thing that comes up? Thing that comes up when your spouse travels a lot. It begins with an R and it ends with resentment. <laughs> I was going to get it. I gave you a strong hint. I was going to get it. Resentment. Now I have to tell a side story. My now high schooler, when he was three years old, his uncle, who was not a parent yet, was playing quite earnestly a guessing game with him. Like, can you guess which animal? Like, I have a bushy tail. I live in a tree. What am I? And he was like, I'm green. I like to uh, walk around outside. I have a shell. And my son just looked at him with such disgust in his face. And he's like, now you made me know what it is. So that was it. <laughs> now I made you know. You made me know what it was. And I was going to get it. I was going to get a <laughs> shell. I get it. It's a turtle. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So, you know, it's resentment. But back to the resentment. And this is the thing I would say that I'm struggling with the most, especially because I'm not going to compare what we have going on to a deployment. That's a really different category. But okay, yes, there is a situation where my husband, he's not traveling to like go see the sites of Europe. It is a miserable experience for him that is creating a miserable experience for me. And so what I find myself doing is I have all this sympathy as I look at him. I see the stress on his face and in his brain. I see that he's having to leave a fun vacation and go to work. And I think to myself like, okay, I'm just going to support him. I am the supportive spouse. And then 12 hours into a day with my kids who are dysregulated by his absence, they're behaving badly. And then, of course, like the alternator in our car breaks down and I'm on the side of the road and you and I are supposed to be recording and I'm calling you to be like, I'm on the side of the road. Like, 
things start going wrong for me. And that by the time we connect at eight o'clock at night, my vision of like, how are you, darling? I am just here to support you in this time immediately becomes like, you don't know what I've been through today. This is a nightmare for me, too. And like, it is really hard to stay out of that quicksand. And yeah, and and of course it is because you are with the kids and that 24-7 of being with the kids and dealing with the kids and having to do it yourself is a special kind of hard, as we all know. It is a fresh hell, Amy. It is a fresh hell. It's a fresh hell. And your spouse, who's, you know, across the country in a hotel, is having a very stressful work day, is jet lagged, is, you know, maybe getting yelled at in a meeting, whatever it is. But any hint for me particularly when my kids were little, that said spouse got to enjoy half an hour of no Netflix in the bed in the hotel room. No. Had a nice workout this morning, enjoyed a hotel restaurant breakfast would like send me into rage because you're like, I have to, I will start walking across the country to punch you in the face. Right. Because like I was dealing with a stomach flu while you had coffee from room service. I hate you. And it doesn't matter that their heart is hard because it's not your heart. I'm going to just lean in in the beginning. We usually do problems first, solutions later. I'm going to lean in with a solution. Block your traveling spouse on social media. (laughs) Or come up with a rule that you should not be on social media. Because the two biggest fights I know of, one, I have a friend whose husband is a musician. And he, during the like dark of winter, always has this gig that happens in the Caribbean. And he goes and it's work, you know, he's getting paid. He's a drummer in some band and they play this gig and it's 10 days and it's like a big chunk of their money for the beginning of the year. But then there is inevitably because he doesn't post them, but he gets tagged. He gets tagged in the picture like with a pina colada and there's like a girl in the bikini and like it is not good. I think block your spouse on social media. My sister as well her husband travels a lot for work and she just says like because he knows not to post but sometimes people tag him and it's out to they've been working all day like you haven't seen the like stressful work all day that's what i mean right they deserve a cocktail maybe at 7 p.m but yes then you see the picture of the 12 people like trying a fine wine at dinner and like eating sushi Mm -hmm. and you just become murderous i would just say no social media turn it off unblock your spouse while they're away no happiness down that road It's a good thing to remember that tagging other people on social media, it should definitely be an opt-in. Yeah, it should be an opt-in. And like, I'm fine with the week-long block while they're traveling. (laughs) Because it's not their fault. That's you're right. Like the resentment is your problem. And choosing not to think about the nice Peloton ride that they got to have without a kid pulling on them. You don't need to know about that. It doesn't mean they didn't have a hard part. You really, there's no happiness for you while I'm like standing by the side of the road with a smoking car and three crying kids. And I'm calling you to be like, I'm going to miss our work. And then opening my Facebook, waiting for the tow truck and seeing my husband at like dinner in Vegas. There's no happiness. Block, block. Taking a picture of like his feet on a pool chair, you know? No, (laughs) no. Don't do it. Because he's not posting pictures of like him getting yelled at by the client. Sure. Neither are we, right? Yeah, get out of that. A couple more things that sometimes solo parent points out that come up here, feeling unappreciated. So like they're in their own work tunnel. They're not really thinking about, I often have this problem with my husband of like, did you ask me how my day was? It's like, not really, because he's in a paper shredder of his own. Mm -hmm. So he's not really dialed in. And he knows how your day was, P.S. Yeah, it wasn't good. There's no happiness for him. It wasn't good, but he can probably imagine your day with this one crying about, you know, Girl Scouts or whatever, more than you can picture the unpleasant, you know, board meeting. Exactly. Worrying. So you're worrying now on top of your worries, you're worrying about what's going on okay. yeah. mm-hmm. with him and his job and whatever bad thing or his deployment or wherever he happens to be. So now you have an extra worry. I will say, I can't offer this to people whose spouses are deployed, but I have set a rule in my new reality that my husband is only allowed to say, is it going well or poorly? And that he really shouldn't say it's going poorly unless we're about to like, it's all going (laughs) to fall apart and we're going to lose the house. Unless it's brace for impact. Yeah. Because one thing I did decide as part of my own mental health care is leaning out of the twists and turns of this because he had a tendency to be like, oh, it was a nightmare. Like nothing's working. 
But then an hour later, he gets something fixed. He doesn't call me back to say it's been fixed. I spend eight hours being like, oh, my God, like everything's falling apart and this is going to be a disaster. And then he calls eight hours later and he's like, oh, today was great. And I'm like, wait, well, I've been on the kick of like, it's all going downhill and it's a complete nightmare. Another thing I have done is detached a little bit from outcomes of his, like, you call me if we need to sell the house. (laughs) Start walking. The car is gone. But other than that, (laughs) don't dial me in. I cannot cross over. And then the final thing I want to touch on that she brings up, which I have to say, this is something I don't worry about a lot, but I know people who have spouses who travel a lot, is just trust, like making sure that you are not giving your spouse any reason to worry about what you're up to while you're traveling other Mm -hmm. than work and checking in and being really reassuring about that. I mean, I know when my husband is down the tunnel, like he, my worry is he's not eating. My worry is definitely not that he's like out at the bars picking up ladies. That is not a concern that I have. You're not a bad person if you have that concern, right? I mean, there's like a lot of relation. Yeah, absolutely not. And I think that that is something that is important to underline as well. Like as you start making the list of like what makes this hard for us, that is something that belongs on the list for people. And again, that the traveling spouse, the one who has left the you know blender that is your life, that's even a possibility for them is different than you with the two-year-old and the five-month-old. Yeah, they do that's not awesome. have to worry that I'm out at the grocery store picking <laughs> right. up dudes with a barfing two-year-old on my hip. Right, right. If the trust is unbalanced there, I'm just saying like that's probably you know not your fault. That's situational. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about another aspect of this that is Amy, it's also difficult. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, we're back. We're talking about doing the heavy lifting and... Mm -hmm. Even after we were preparing for this episode, we had a comment on our Facebook page, which was another twist on this that I hadn't really occurred to. Okay. Amy, it's not you unless you're posting incognito. Different Amy. Different Amy. Says, (laughs) my husband is a firefighter with a lot of various side work, which means multiple days a week he is not home for the morning routine or the night routine. How can we get into a routine of sharing responsibilities more evenly if every day is different? It's another take on this question. 
Yes. The problem is, as she points out, is because everything is different, even when her spouse is home, they default to mom does it all because she always does it all. And that's a very easy trap to fall into. Heaven knows that I have. Heaven knows even when my spouse on top of having a very busy work schedule is also really into working out. I've mentioned it. So anyway, there was a time when he was getting up at, you know, 530 to go to a gym pre-pandemic and work out with friends. And, you know, as far as he was concerned, he got it in before work, came home, showered, left for work. But he was missing every morning with the kids. And so he doesn't do it anymore because we had to talk about it. Like, I need you around at some point. Just because work isn't so all-encompassing that you can't fit in a workout every day doesn't mean you should be filling it with a workout every day. You get used to the parent not being around and then you start to accommodate it even when you don't have to anymore is what I guess I'm trying to say. And I know for my family members who are military spouses that this is a huge issue that I know the military does a lot of work around. Mm. There's They call it the non-integrated spouse. And it's like the spouse who just gets used to being out of the family. And then when they come in, it's like there's kind of no role for them. And so integrating your spouse who comes and goes back into the family is real work. You actually have to take some time to be like, I'm going to stop doing these things let you do them, even though you don't do them the right way, because I do them the right way, and kind of reintegrating. And I think it can be easy for us as moms to be like, it's too much work to even bother reintegrating you. So we're just going to kind of keep you on the sidelines because it's too much work for me to constantly explain how to do things in the house to you. And we're not always wrong. Like one time I remember my husband gave uh, my daughter a bath and he washed her hair. It was usually my thing. He was around at bath time and it's like, you know, I'll do it. I'll wash her hair. I don't know what he did. To this day, my daughter <laughs> and I still talk about it because she was about three then. We don't know what he did. I don't know what hair washing technique he used. My daughter's hair, which was like a little bit past her shoulders at that point, it was so tangled. Like you couldn't get a comb through it at all. And then he was like, row, this is out of my league. And I mean, it was crying and 25 minutes and every kind of spray to take the tangles out of the hair after he washed her hair once. Like, I don't know how you can screw up washing a kid's hair, but he did. And so it actually was harder for me. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just pushing back a little bit on the idea like, no, you're right. It's not just in your head that it's harder for you if they do it. Sometimes it really is. I have uh, told the story before, but it's worth a quick revisit that my son was playing the troll in the school play and at dress rehearsal painted himself entirely green. And then I that night had something to do. As one does. And I said <laughs> to my husband, can you put the kids to bed? And then when he came back down to bed, I'm going to say an hour later, I said, was it really hard to get the green paint off of our son? And there was a long and awkward pause during which I realized he had not removed the green paint from my son. Oh my gosh. That his point of view was, isn't there another dress rehearsal tomorrow? Wouldn't it just be easier to leave him painted green? So, I mean, green sheets, green pillowcase, and green like, face, I assume. Like that stuff doesn't green. Come- well, like, yeah, half a green face, but mostly just green paint covering every surface of my house. Everything else. But I mean, and soaked into the skin. Like it isn't like it, you know, it wipes clean with a cotton ball after being on the skin for 12 hours either. No, Amy, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> it's not like that at all. And so that's right. Like, It's not, you're exactly right, that it's not just like, we're too uptight about the fact that they won't help. It's like, they really stink at some stuff. Then they come home and they're, yeah. And it really does, like, it's more difficult for me to have him put the kid to bed in green makeup. And it's more difficult for you to have a kid whose hairbrushing involves 45 minutes now. Like, it actually makes it worse. Christina had a really interesting take on this, and I had not thought about it before, She was responding to Amy's... um, A firefighter who has a totally different schedule. She was responding to it, and I thought this was interesting. She suggested maybe instead of a daily routine, day by day, you could have two routines, an A routine for days he works and a B routine for days he doesn't. And the specific things he needs to do on each day are just corresponded to like A day or B day. And I thought... It seems like a lot of work. It seems like a bit of a heavy lift on its own. But I thought that seems like a good solution to me. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, what my husband and I made the huge mistake of skipping, which was we didn't want to acknowledge that things were kind of going off the rails and that the reality was 
that he was going to be gone for multiple, multiple weeks. Yes. Because that seemed like a scary truth. Right. Yeah. So we skipped talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then... I work out of the house at least one night a week where I'm teaching. I don't have a phone with me. I cannot be reached. And so then that was becoming extremely stressful because if I couldn't find a babysitter, then I was trying to find a babysitter and it had to be someone who kind of knew what they were doing because I was not going to be reachable at all. It couldn't be like a new person who da 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 da. And so we were, we left ourselves in the mode of like panically putting out fires and reinventing the wheel. Right. Makeshift because it's just for this week and it's just for one more week and it's just for one more week. Right. And it's not just for one more week. Right. Right. I think it's probably worth and it's also hard when you're in crisis to be like, let's bother to take a time out to have this conversation and make a plan. But I really see now where because my husband and I were basically ending up in the fight of like, I can't live like this. This is unacceptable. And it's like. Okay, that's actually true. I can't live like this. This is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. So I should line up a babysitter for every night I teach. And then if you happen to be here, we can cancel the babysitter. Or you could just go out to the bar when the babysitter is here. Yeah. But let's fix some of these problems rather than living in the more fun reality of like, I guess this will all just work out because that just leads to unhappiness. (laughs) (laughs) Take it. From me. You know, I want to go back to what Christiana said. Oh, it is. It's Christiana. I'm sorry. About the like the A day, the B day, and, and figure out what these different things are. What I would put in the other Amy's path as, you know, a mistake that I would make, I think, in this situation is there's an A day, there's a B day, there's a D day, and you, mom, are in charge of what those days look like. And what happens when, I mean, of course you are in charge, but the person who's going to take on different things, have a conversation with the spouse. What did you say? The non-integrated spouse? The non-integrated spouse. Yes, the non-integrated spouse. What are they interested in taking over? If they need suggestions, you've got a few. But if they're like, you know what, I, I think I could handle, why don't I go to the grocery store on Tuesdays? And then maybe you wouldn't have thought of that. And then that was their idea. And then they really own that. Or I'll have the refrigerator loaded with food for the rest of the week every Monday night. And when I get there is neither here nor there, but I'll work that into the couple of days before rather than you as somebody I know who is me would do is like, you know, to set up this color coded chart and then, you know, be furious that like, no, 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 no. The kerchief is knotted like this on Tuesdays for the flying up meeting, whatever the craziness that you, there is minutia that you get bogged down in. So let the person who's entering in look at it, see it, and then then decide for themselves what part they want to take over. And I think get out of being the solution to the things that go wrong as much as possible too. So like the green makeup becomes, okay, he can't go to school in green makeup tomorrow. So will you get him up early, clean all the green makeup off of his face, and then go upstairs and wash the sheets that have green stuff mm-hmm. all over them? Mm-hmm. Like it's, we do it with our kids. It's kind of natural consequences wow, this hair, that didn't work out. Can you either go redo it with a lot of conditioner or can you brush it out (laughs) so that we're not always in that? This is what we're trying to stay away from, guys, is this constant like resentment that comes up over this stuff. And it's hard. I just was having that this morning with my husband. I've been having, as you may be able to tell, horrific allergy problems. And so I'm taking allergy medication at night and then I'm really sleepy in the morning. So I said, I'm going to sleep in. My husband woke up a little bit late and then I kind of came out to like the chaotic morning of, you know, this one didn't have the instrument and this kid's screaming because he's very paranoid about being late. It was just chaos, you know, eat your sausage in the car, like (laughs) that kind of like morning where, and I was kind of like cat calling from the sidelines and being like, we can't do this. This is too crazy. And that's really not allowed. I mean, I admit that that's really not allowed. I might at a calmer time later, say, hey, can we just move back the entire operation by 20 minutes in the morning so that we're not quite so chaotic because it's too stressful for me to come out to that level of chaos? Or we have two boys and a girl. How about I run the girl, you run the two boys, whatever it is. But while the spouse is like trying to do it, resisting, and I failed this morning, I failed resisting the urge to be like the voice from the sidelines. It's like, that's not actually how you do it. You're an idiot. You're a moron. It's hard. Right, right. Because then you become the bad guy instead of the difficult situation. Yeah. And and that person is 
actually trying to do what you want, which is integrate into the system. Mm -hmm. And if you make it too difficult for them to integrate into the system, I think you're kind of setting yourself up for trouble. That the wheels are coming off, you know, and like you have to eat your sausage in the car and all that kind of proves your point for you. Right? Very well. You don't need to say, see how hard it is? Yeah. Yeah. And then you can take time later and say, you don't have to live with like sausage eating in the car or green makeup on the second day of school, which is like actually unacceptable or crazy, messy hair that is painful for your kid. You don't have to accept those things. But I think you have to like keep them involved in the consequences. And then at a calmer time, I just think that we skip this step of the family meeting where we sit down and say, so that was a nightmare this morning. Like now that we're having a glass of wine at night, what's the solution? It seems to me that if we just all got up 20 minutes earlier, if we laid the kids clothes out the night before, like let's problem solve this solution together so that we don't have to be fighting about it. I want to look at it from the traveling spouse's point of view. Can we take a break and do that when we get back? I mean, I suppose I rather complain from my own point of view, but I suppose we can. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Is parenting going too well at your house? Feeling too relaxed in your day-to-day existence? Are you going more than eight hours without shrieking a horror-fueled diatribe at your spouse? Sweetie, that was such a great day. Hey, would you grab me a glass of wine? Try minor annoyances. I can't find the wine anywhere. I thought you said it was in the fridge. Oh my God, it's on the second shelf. How can you not see it? Seriously, it's right in front of your face. With minor annoyances, your days will be entirely transformed in a matter of seconds. Who left a half full mac and cheese pot in the sink? Oh my God, this might as well be hardened Elmer's glue. Guess I'll be cleaning this all morning. And if rageful venting at no one is not your style, never fear. Try a minor annoyance that brings on full bouts of tearful babbling. These socks in the laundry are clean. I mean, look at them. They're still paired up. What more do you need to see to know that these don't belong in the dirty clothes? For the love of all that's holy, people. With minor annoyances, you'll be transported to a world of endless mumbling to yourself about why things have to be so minorly, yet consistently irritating. Oh, sure. We'd love to participate in Spirit Week for the preschool because my kid just happens to have a full outfit of 70s clothes for Wednesday. And then we just love to come up with some sort of wacky hair for Thursday because it's not like we have anything else to do. 
I mean, sure, major annoyances are annoying. They're changing the way driver's licenses work, so you'll have to get a new one at the DMV this month if you want to fly home at Christmas. But try minor annoyances. Okay, sweetie. You really want ketchup on your eggs? That's completely vomit inducing, but if it makes you stop crying, I guess we can give it a try. Because they're part of your life now, too, Mom. I'm in the shower. Can you just give me a minute and then I will get you another juice box? No, you need it while I still have shampoo in my eyes. Oh, that is just fantastic, honey. Okay, but get out of the way. No, I can't open the door. I, I am dripping water. Let me just get a towel. Can you just let me? Okay, we're back. So there's an article in the New York Times that we'll link to in the show notes called How Parents Who Travel for Work Can Ease the Burden on Their Families. Sounds good. And the advice in the article is to they should dive in when they get home. Duh. But this is hard because when you are that traveling spouse who's, you know, switched time zones three times in four days and it's been really hard and I support my family or whatever, comes home and are totally burnt out and they're met at the door with a completely burnt out spouse handing them, you know, a baby and a broken toaster and is mad at them already. Like we are, we are mad already as soon as this non-integrated parent shows up to try to reintegrate. And I don't want to like dwell on stereotypes, but I do think that that is true. I mean, this could be true in a two women family too, two moms that the mom who travels comes home and gets yelled at. And this has been true for me. Amy and I just did a work trip where we went away for just two days, basically, to talk about business and the podcast. And, right. you know, we were like having nice meals and staying in a nice hotel, but it was what Amy calls deep work. We were really like trying to think through problems and solve things. And it was mentally very taxing. And I think to my husband's eye, it was like, girls trip, you got to go relax for two days. And I came home at four o'clock and it was like, this form is late and this. And I really found it kind of over. Right. What I really want to do is go lie down for an hour. And I do think that this is a really difficult dynamic of, I mean, there are times where my husband is traveling to like the other side of the world. He's jet lagged. He's been in incredible stress. And he's also mm. often bringing home some new problems that he picked up on the trip that he is trying to suss out. And, you know, I've said before, we have the mode called the tunnel that he goes into where he's deep into his problem solving. And mm -hmm. it's like I can look in his eyes and it's like no one is home, Mrs. Torrance. Like he is still working those problems in his mind. And this is another thing for our family meeting conversation. When I come home from a business trip, I need 12 hours of padding where I am transitioning back into the house. Like I cannot <laughs> step out of the car and walk in and be handed the broken toaster. Yeah. And those are hard conversations because I get it. You're both, my husband and I once had a terrible stomach flu together. We both had it. And we decided that everyone would get two hours in bed. And then at the end of two hours, you had to give up your bed spot and get out of the bed and watch it. We had three kids under five at the time. Who had stomach flu also? I'm sure. It was horrible. Some combination. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, I was laying in bed. I was deeply asleep. And my husband came in and said, it's my turn. And I was like, I would give you a million dollars if you don't make me get out of bed. And he was like, get out of bed. It is my turn. <laughs> and I think that you have to acknowledge that sometimes you're in really crisis moments and that there is no solution that is like everybody gets their way and it looks great, you know? And so I think it is fair for my spouse to say to me, I know I've been gone a long time, but I need 12 hours when I get home where I'm not running point. Mm. Hard. I would have a hard time receiving that message, but right, I can see why that would be something that would need to happen. Well, you might be able to say like, what I need is for you to come home, dial in for four hours, and then I will give you 12 hours off. Like you can yeah. make whatever compromise you need. And, but I definitely take for granted that like my husband pulls up in the car and I'm like in a bathroom with a burning toaster in my hand. And it's just like, this is a nightmare. Like previously in our family while you were gone, right? Let me briefly catch you up. Oh my God. And I just think like, what a nightmare. Another shifting back to the at-home parent, MessyMotherhood.com has an article called The Art of Solo Parenting and Thriving When Your Spouse is Away. I mean, let's not set the bar at thriving. I love you, Messy Motherhood, but <laughs> surviving. And this is something that 
came to me probably a week into this whole situation that I was in. Cook easy foods. My kids had pizza three times a week, one week. I mean, the pizza guy at our pizza stop is like... You again? (laughs) Oh, hey, how's it going? Here's your order. Like, as soon as I call in the order, he's like, all right, Meg, I'll see you soon. Like, he knows me. And it's not ideal, but I'm not going to make, especially a lot of the food we eat is like, you know... I make a fancy chicken with a nice sauce and mashed potatoes and green beans and the kids scrape the sauce off and complain. And there is no way I'm doing that when it's only me enjoying the meal. Right. Yeah. Only you eating what is the full thing. Right. So it's fine with me that I'm making chicken nuggets. I'm having a salad like we're in survival mode. And I think that is a really, really good piece of advice. I'm a big pasta maker when my spouse isn't around because, you know, he likes to eat more healthy. Keep it simple. We will eat pasta every night. Sure. We all love pasta. Really easy. She also says get help if you can. Mother's helpers, drop in daycares, anything you can do to make your life easier. I saw a meme on Facebook that relates to this. It was a woman enjoying some kind of an iced frappuccino. And it just sort of was like, did you all know that uh, you can take your kids to the gym babysitting for $5 and then sit in the lobby of the gym and not actually work out? They don't check that you're working out. And yeah, and enjoy your icy beverage. Keeping routines, I think, is really important. And one of our big routines is eight o'clock bedtime when dad's out of town. You don't have to go to sleep, but you have to get out of my face. (laughs) The other thing, and I just started doing this, is that I have a couple of friends who, whether it's book club or going for walks or seeing people, I really find that such an important part of my week. And I called a friend of mine and I'm like, well, I can't go out because my husband's not here. I don't leave my kids at home alone yet. But she came over to my porch and had a drink with me on my porch while the kids were doing video games. It is nice to find that connection when you're in this bad spot. Mm, You deserve that. You deserve that adult conversation. And if it isn't with your partner. I got some nice cheese, got a little cheese and we had some and it felt really civilized. And then I go in a little bit refreshed and a little bit less ready to just scream at my kids for the rest of the night. Right. Another thing that has hugely revolutionized this for me is the Google Doc, Amy. And I got this from you. I know you love a Google Doc. I'm more of a workflowy person, but a repository of things. Yes, yes. So in our business, Amy and I have long since decided like no more emails back and forth. There is a repository of information. So if you go to the Google sheet and you see it's been done, it's been done and not, you don't have to constantly have conversations about like, what is this? What is that? One of the problems that my husband and I were getting into was you were going to make that eye doctor appointment, but you didn't make it. So now we're having emails and I'm texting him and he's in the middle of a work meeting where like 10 people are yelling at him and he's getting like an angry text from his wife being like, what about the kid's eye doctor appointment? And he's like, could you please give me a break? I really don't need this right now. Right, right. We set up a Google document that is our family to-do list and it has the thing that needs to be done, who's doing it, and if there's a deadline, and then after it, it has notes. So for example, we needed to sign the kids up for their classes that they take in the fall. This was all happening like right at back to school, which is a lot of times where we're doing stuff. So I would write, you know, this kid needs to be signed up for his gymnastics for the semester. Can you do that? Because he would have downtime where it would be easy for him to make calls. Then he would write on the Google sheet, he is signed up for Fridays at 5.30. He starts September 30th. And like, that's the only interaction we would have to have. And we could both do it on our own time. That's just it. It's my favorite kind of work. It's uh, remote and asynchronous. Your spouse who's in a different time zone can still go on discoverygymnastics.com and sign him up for his Friday class. And it's a great thing to offload It's another big part of the conversation. What does your day look like when you're there? Well, I wake up at six because I have jet lag, but the first meeting I have is at nine. So I have three hours in the morning where I can do annoying signing the kids up for CCD. And I can do annoying like making eye doctor appointments. Okay, so everything that goes on the Google Doc that has to be done, that's just phone calls and forms and online, you can do. That's great. And it also makes the work visible going back to that Eve Rodsky in her book, Fair Play. We interviewed her. It's a great episode. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And part of it is really helping your spouse. What do we just call them? The spouse, the non-integrated spouse. Yes. 
there's a that Emily needs to bring a birthday present to a party is not one thing. It's actually 10 things. That's 10 steps. In her book, she actually suggests like writing out the steps so that your spouse can see that. Now, are you going to take over this whole thing? Get Emily a present? Because if you don't do that, then like Emily needs a birthday present. Then your spouse, like a little like badminton shuttlecock would be like, I don't know what she likes, right? <laughs> like, and it's back likes. to you. Right, right. Back to you. I left it on the hall table. No, no, no. It has to be wrapped. We don't have wrapping paper. Go get some. Like, this is what getting Emily a birthday present means. It seems to me that this Google sheet is in a large sense moving you towards that, which is very useful in terms of your spouse who's not around getting it. And this is the stuff that they don't talk about on Bachelor in Paradise, guys. (laughs) This is the stuff that isn't like going to the palapa and having margaritas. Like this is running the business of a family together. And I, again, think it is part of accepting that like your life is boring and monotonous now, you know, and that making a spreadsheet that helps you both function in the business of running your family is really, really crucial. The militarywifeandmom.com talks about this in terms of deployments, which I think is kind of the ultimate version of this heavy lift. Yeah. And she had a couple of other tips that I thought were interesting. I mean, her first tip is take care of yourself, which I think we've talked a little bit about. But this is a good time to be like, this is going to be really hard. Kate Bowler said this on her episode, and I loved it. This is going to be a hard journey. What can you put down? Yes. Like, put down the stuff you don't need to carry right now. Yes. And Pooja Lakshman has made the point that for some of us, the yoga class is taking care of yourself. For some of us, getting rid of the idea that I have to also be working out right now is what you put down. It's different for each person. Absolutely. And I think for me, it's this thing of like, it's chicken nuggets and pizza, guys. That's what we're having all week. And it's one week out of our year or it's five weeks out of our year. It's not going to kill you to eat a lot of pizza. She suggests, I thought this was a cute idea, especially for a deployment, a daddy kisses countdown jar, like Hershey's kisses in a jar for every night he's away and you take one, say something about him. I did find in my situation marking the days on the calendar was really important for my kids. Mm. Like, this is how long it's going to be. This is what it's going to involve. And really being clear, this is the other thing, please. And I have really just had this conversation with my husband. He is the guy of like, I'll be home at 3.30 because that's when his plane lands at JFK. (laughs) No, you will not be home at 3.30 because now I have three upset kids who you told you were going to be home. And an extremely upset spouse, right. You are going to be home at 7.30. Surprise us at 5.30 if the traffic's light. Yeah, I have an algorithm. Like my spouse, every time he tells me when he's going to be at something, it's like, you know, X plus two parenthesis, you know, (laughs) squared. Like there's no way. He's always overly optimistic. And he's starting to figure this out over time. Like that only ends badly for you. Right. Then you get there and everyone's mad because you're furious when it's 530. Just tell me 530 and it would have been fine. Yeah. You're getting yourself into trouble by doing that. But that is a tendency. One of her other points that I want to finish on is have a stay connected plan, which I think is also important. My kids now all have phones. And so what they were doing is Four of us with all of our phones were calling my husband when we wanted to check in. So he was getting like 12 to 16 calls a day. Busiest man in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And he is, as we've mentioned, kind of dealing with a lot already. Yes. And enjoys long periods of uninterrupted concentration to solve those problems. Yeah. He's doing some deep work. So it's not great for him to be like, huh, the new Marvel movie is coming out when? Great. Thanks for letting me know. (laughs) Here comes your sister. Yeah. Yeah. And so... We finally decided like, okay, we're going to have a daily call at this time. And we put it on the family calendar. And if you can't make it, you have to let us know. And then we'll move it to a different time. It's happening, but we're just going to make it at specific times. And then the other nice thing that we started doing, which was fun, is we would cook something that he likes for dinner. And then we would have a FaceTime dinner. So if he could take a break during dinner... We would put the FaceTime call on and we would all be eating and we could, it was like having dad at dinner. Now, when you're 
have a deployed spouse, that's not going to happen in exactly the same way. But figure out routines around communicating with your person who's away. I love this dinner time idea. We started doing that during the pandemic sometimes with either set of grandparents. We just would sit down to dinner and sort of have, I think you told me how to do this, you know, just set up the iPad or the laptop and they're there on FaceTime and you're just having dinner. You know, you're just sort of there and there's a secondary activity. The kids are eating dinner. It isn't like you've combed their hair and they're, you know, sitting on the couch in a row like, hi, I'm good, right? <laughs> they don't. I don't want to be doing, can I go now? When they're forced into those conversations. I'm bored. Yeah, they don't want to do it, but that sort of more relaxed thing, it, the kids talk more and also it isn't like another thing on your list to get them all on the couch at, you know, 8.45 so that daddy can say good morning. So you have to get up even earlier, you know, let it work it into something that you're already doing is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Amy, we solved it. This is not solvable because it's terrible. This is one of those situations where like, you're not going to get to, you know, what's great having a spouse who's away a lot. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But you can make it so much better with just, I think, some pretty simple adjustments. I like this. Talk to me next week when my <laughs> husband leaves again and we'll see how great it's going. <laughs> I'm going to put a link to the uh, the other episodes we mentioned and some of the articles that Margaret found for research this week. Put it all in the show notes. As always, you can always tap or swipe wherever you're listening. And while you're at it, you can give us some stars. You can give us some love. Star us, guys. People have been doing it. Thank you. I see the ratings and reviews going up on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for doing that. So important. I know we've been around a long time now, but still, every new rating and review that we get bumps us a little bit higher in the podcast algorithm and helps new people find the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, friends. And thanks for those who reached out when I was complaining so much about my life and said, you hoped everything was fine. Everything is fine. Just a little <laughs> frustrating and annoying. And now I have allergies, but I'm doing great. Thank you for your concern. Talk to you next week. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.